podcast. This is a very special episode because it doesn't have a number and because it's mostly just an interview with a very special guest. John was supposed to join this episode, but I accidentally sent him the wrong time. Yep, daylight saving sucks. But I'm excited and let's just get on with the show. Why don't you just tell us who you are, what you do, and we'll jump straight into it. Sure. It's Rod Drury from Zero. I'm uh, talking to you in Amsterdam, Owen, and I'm in uh, Hawke's Bay of New Zealand. Love it. Long way away, but uh, it worked out pretty good with the time. So Amazing technology. Yeah, incredible. I think for a very long time, uh, you and I are the people, you're probably the top person I DM about anything that happens with Apple on Twitter. (laughs) Hence why we've got you on here about the iPhone, I think. I think uh, after every Apple event, there's something like, oh my God, this iPhone sucks or or it's great. Um, so I'm so curious to hear what you have to say about the iPhone 10 this year. Is it the iPhone 10 or the X? I don't know. That's, I call it the iPhone X, but whenever I'm talking yeah, to people. Yeah, same, I call it X. Yeah, yeah. I think it's going to be, Apple's going to be actually everybody, you know, like, well, oh, actually it's the 10 for at least the next five years. Um, but I'm curious, did you buy it? And do you like it? What do you think? Yeah, so I brought it and it was meant to arrive at the end of November and it arrived uh, 12 days early. So I got home last night and my daughter was like, hey, I think that's your iPhone X. And I'm like, no way. And it was. (laughs) That was exciting. That's pretty cool. So, um, yeah, no, it's it's good. I obviously, um, you know, been been playing with all of the Apple stuff for many, many times. And I think the kind of big picture is, you know, it's hard to know exactly what's going on in there. Because um, one of the really frustrating things is is a lack of integration between all of the components now. And, um, you know, I think it's been really punishing for us who are Apple enthusiasts. So, you know, it goes back to, um, you know, there isn't, you know, I I brought the um, MacBook 12 thinking that would be amazing. (laughs) And then I couldn't. And I couldn't put a screen, plug any screen into it. Yeah, yeah. And then even the yep. third-party screens don't actually work like the cinema display where they mm-hmm. have uh, the camera and the noise-canceling mics, and none of that works. And then, yep. um, uh, then they got rid of the Wi-Fi thing, and time capsule <laughs> never really worked properly. And right. um, it's and like so, a series of small cuts almost. Yeah, but but they're really clever because they do a series of small cuts, but you still go and pony up, and yeah. uh, then you kind of love <laughs> the love the stuff as well. So there must be some sort of mathematical optimization, and they must sit sit there laughing, thinking how much can we put these people through, and uh, so they they still buy. My my hypothesis to all of that is um is though I think there's such a big company now that they really have to win China. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, whereas Apple's always been the brand that us tech geeks really liked, I think the the real thing they have to do is sell millions and millions and millions more phones every year. So maybe the focus has been on that. But you still think with all of that cash um, that they'd be able to do amazing things. They'd be able to do great hardware and good software. So, yeah. The one event I remember that I think really cemented why I was a fan, at least at the time, was that event. I don't know if it was a Steve Jobs one, but it was um, whenever Mac OS got that update where you could text from your computer, you could uh, do the phone calls from your computer, you could, I remember it was, I think it was uh, not Mavericks, the one before that, but somebody, whoever it was that got it, uh, presented it on stage and said, your phone works with your computer, you can call people, you can text people, you can just do whatever, it all works. And I was like, holy shit, they've got it together. This is amazing. And now it's almost gone the opposite way where nothing really, like it doesn't really connect up very well. It feels like if you're in the ecosystem, you have to dance around everybody else that exists. 
I literally yeah, but there are yeah, but there are little moments of brilliance. Like I've just yes. noticed in the last um, is it the last operating system update? You know, I'd be sitting there with my family in a internet cafe, and it says share Wi-Fi password. Just oh, surprise yeah, and cool. delight. And um, and then and then even just getting your iPhone X, it's the first one that says, "Do you want to transfer from another phone?" And uh, that was nice. So a lot of the settings, the Wi-Fi, and all that came across. What I was kind of what I was kind of hoping though was that it would actually um, suck all of the local data across as well through Bluetooth. Right. Yeah. So I've been sitting on a not great interconnect, in, um, you know, basically basically got my phone uh, with my where I was at my fiber connection, then had to um, head out somewhere else for the yeah. weekend, which didn't have great internet. So it's taken me uh, took all last night to get my apps down, oh my and God. now I'm trying to get my Spotify Spotify playlist down. So right. uh, it would have been lovely if the bluetooth um that first kind of experience actually didn't mean you had to pull it all down again where you could actually just move everything across but still it was a nice start yeah i think it was interesting your china comment um about how they are shifting focus what i noticed about this iphone i mean i have many qualms i wish john was here because we'd probably be like proper fighting uh about this already but um what i noticed is that they really seem to not want the tech angle anymore like if you look at how they executed the the lead up to it i don't know if you saw all this drama about <laughs> it was insane. Uh, all these bloggers who got the iphone before the tech reviewers yeah. and you know in my mind that's actually genius if i if i was somebody with a piece of hardware i would not give it to tech people because they're going to shit all over it but if you have something yep. that's really cool you give it to the people who won't say anything bad because they just think it's cool um, and I think I think that angle is probably right. Apple doesn't. Well, I think Apple doesn't think of itself as a gadget company anymore. You know, it's it's gone beyond that. And I think it's it's techies hate it. I, John Gruber had the same thing. He had like five posts in a row where he was shitting all over the people who got the iPhone before him. You know, <laughs> so <laughs> insane. Um, but I, I'm curious if you like it so far like how do you like the face id because i have done the opposite thing like i i saw this iphone announcement and i bought an android phone so <laughs> we can talk about that in a minute yeah no i've definitely um i mean pixel curious for a while now because right. all of our kind of product productivity apps are all on mm. google and like one of my really pet peeves is google and uh, you know and, and perhaps i'm not allowed to yeah. haven't quite got the um, inbox and contact stuff yes. sorted so yes. Um, so, you know, sometimes you want to get a, get in touch with somebody, go and find their email address and you get on the sort of Google apps or the, um, the Google inbox version, you can, I think recently you can actually copy the emails, you can do something, but if you're on an Android device, you click on that, then you're into full contact. You can see all your emails, all the contact, all the contact verbs. So if I could fix that, I'd be completely happy with the Google and Apple conversation. That's yeah. like getting those sort of two things to working, but no, not there. So, um, the first thing that kind of wasn't clear because I'm a six plus user and seven plus oh, user right. is, is I didn't I couldn't understand um, whether this was um, a a absolute replacement for the plus size or if it was um, something in between and because um, it's hard to tell from the specs and what I found this is like a um, just the normal size with a little bit more, and you really notice that in the keyboard. So in the right. normal, in the in the normal plus keyboard, it's slightly bigger, and it has a few more keys, like the full stop. Whereas it's got the smaller, thinner keyboard, so the keys are slightly smaller, but it's actually missing some keys. So um, 
I found that a little bit jarring coming from a plus back to basically an iPhone 6, but a longer iPhone 6. So it's interesting. Again, this is where Apple doesn't quite kind of satisfy you. Mm-hmm. And that um, I, I thought that this would be better than the uh, than the than the seven plus. Yeah. <laughs> but um, but I'm actually but they've taken some stuff away. It's smaller. Right, like, right, ah! exactly. So it was like the there was a slightly board. bigger one that would be great. Yeah, and it doesn't doesn't need to be much bigger. Yeah, that's. I think I think that's probably. Um, a byproduct of this being the first, you know, they, they introduced this as, Oh, well it's the future phone. Uh, later, I think they'll get rid of the, um, you know, the eight is kind of there as a stopgap for people who aren't comfortable with this yet. But I think later they'll introduce other sizes in theory. I mean, there's a whole bunch of rumors about this. Um, yeah. but like mentioning your Google, your Google point, that was exactly why I switched. I mean, I, um, I've been annoyed about, uh, I switched away from a Mac earlier this year because I got really annoyed with the, um, what's it called? The way that uh, like the MacBook hardware had gone was just, I don't know if you've tried one of the new ones, but it's, in my opinion, a disaster. I've had to repair them three, four times already. And so I just yep. bought some other Windows laptop. And, uh, and then I started noticing the phone wasn't working. You know, it's like as soon as you start peering outside the ecosystem, you're like, well, what about this? And um in Europe, it's weird. People don't use iMessage as much. And so it wasn't as much of a big change for me. And so I went to the Pixel 2 event and holy shit, it was good. You know, like they finally got the camera down. They finally got a lot of the, I've said to John a lot of times before, like the ecosystem is there now. They've got Google Home, which works great. They've got like the Pixel, they've got the Chromebook. I mean, I don't know about Chromebooks, um, but Generally speaking, it seems like their product story is more coherent. End to end, I can I can message Google Assistant on my phone and say turn off the lights by text, or I can say it out loud in my house, and that like yeah. that brings me to HomePod, which is the next problem. <laughs> um, yeah. I saw it was like delayed yesterday, and we talked last week actually about how uh, it requires your phone to work apparently, which is the most insane thing I've ever heard of, but. Like what's going on? If they can't ship that as well, and the iMac Pro, like, is this is Tim Cook even running this properly? I don't know. Yeah, that's the thing. I'm, you know, they've delayed that, and then of course no one asked the question. So my big one was where's the iMac Pro? Because you know I was hoping to get one of those before Christmas. But the HomePod, you know, like, like again, this is where where they kind of crap over the really, um, you know, the the people that are right into the tech scene. Like I've got Sonos everywhere. So um, I don't want just one little speaker. It needs to have a play bar. It needs to have an in-wall solution. So, yes, I mean, I'm not quite sure who's it for. Is it for, you know, for people in their 20s who right. are flatting and then you take their speaker with them for their bedroom? <laughs> Studio like it's not a full story. Yeah, yeah. but I've heard, it's a, I've heard the speaker tech is amazing. Mm-hmm, but, mm-hmm. again, you're in this walled garden environment, you know. It would be nice if hardware was hardware yeah. and you could run any software over it. Yeah, and that was the, that was the thing that bothered me because I loved the idea of HomePod and I'm like – Again, I think as same as you, I'm the biggest Sonos nerd. I love having one of those in every room, but I'm not going to buy a HomePod for every room. Like the beauty of no, Sonos. exactly, but they're not even yeah. the right form factor. Yeah, and, exactly. Um, they're huge. <laughs> yeah, and that, and that little the little Sonos thing that goes under your your TV now, that's yeah. a great idea. What's funny is you see Sonos going in the opposite direction. Sonos is like, oh, well, every voice assistant works with Sonos yeah. somehow. They're the Switzerland of voice stuff. And then Apple's like... HomePod will work with Apple Music only. It'll have AirPlay, but good luck with that. Uh, And it will work with one person's iPhone. It's like this weird Bluetooth speaker that doesn't work with anything. 
I don't know. It's yeah. a very, very strange situation. But let's, let's just let's just party on Sonos for a second, though. So yeah. Oh um, man. And then that and then that software update came out. Like I don't think they actually write their own software. So they've done a full rewrite of the software. Yeah. Like I heard a few years ago that they just must have some third party team. But you'd think they'd have a core competency in writing beautiful software. Yeah. And um, yeah. like like the latest rewrite, it's really bad UI to try to work out how to do things. It came out a couple of weeks stuck. ago. So, yeah. And it's a it's a complete design change, mm-hmm. and then and then I've always because I've I've got um, I think three Sonos things I connect with regularly. Right. I've never found that sort of Spotify to Sonos connection that yeah. great. Though I did see Spotify and Waze. I got a ladder connecting. That was lovely. So hopefully, mm. um, Spotify connection to Sonos, getting those two things working is absolutely killer. Yeah, I think this company. I've heard a lot of stuff about how they only really care about the hardware. I think they don't really get the software experience. It's a shame because the company, like everything else works great. I mean, the app generally yeah. speaking works. I mean, the system works. It's just this weird grating UX experience that you constantly have. They, um, yeah, they, it's funny. I I'm on like a beta. Hopefully nobody from Sonos is listening to this. They're redesigning it again. Oh, I hope they are. I hope they're all listening. I hope the CEO is listening. <laughs> Love your products. Let's get the software yeah. sorted. Well, get this. My favorite thing with this whole thing is they released this, the new Sonos Play 1, and I was thinking, oh, my God, this is great. Finally, I can get something that works with all of the assistants. It's perfect. You know, I, I, I use Google Home here, but I would absolutely love if I could talk to Google Home on my Sonos. And that's what they're working on. But if you buy it today, if it's in a country, so the Netherlands doesn't officially have Amazon here, so we can't use Alexa. But if you buy the Play 1 in a country that doesn't have Alexa, the smart features are disabled. It's the most insane yeah. and like you can't even just turn it on. And the weird thing is they didn't even just build a voice assistant that has skip, stop, pause. Like all I want to be able to do is say Sonos, pause the music, but they didn't even, like, they didn't even think of this scenario. And it's just, it's a, it's a weird. And, and this is where these, these, these big guys kind of fighting with each other are so frustrating. Like, you know, I, I got a um, Amazon Echo. Yeah. I don't want to, I've got all the Sonos investment. You know, in the walls and play bars, and then they want to put an Amazon Echo and play music out of the, the little speaker that's sitting on the thing. Yeah, so I know. <laughs> even all of that is completely broken, right? Yeah, uh, that's that's the thing. It's like this weird walled garden hell uh, we've ended up in. I I actually hacked mine. Um, I have so I have like two Google Homes. I got one with the Pixel, and then I I bought the original one uh, when it came out. I was so curious about it, and uh, because they do it with the Chromecast, I have a bunch of um, like the Chromecast audios in the back of play fives around the house. And so it's, yep. it's like the hackiest config because I have uh, two play fives, one at the end, each end of the living room. Each one has a Chromecast audio in it for different rooms because you have to, some speakers don't have audio in, in them, but when you get to that um, with Google home, now you can say, Hey Google, uh, just play me some music and you can set it up that it knows which room to autoplay it into into the Sonos. It's super janky, but it works <laughs> for now at least. Um, but I, I think that voice control gets addictive when it's good. You know, like we use it a lot just because it's easier than going in the Sonos app and dicking around. But yeah, I, I don't know. That part's like pretty interesting. I, I'm yeah. 100% all in on Pixel though. I've had mine for a few days. Uh, I'm pretty impressed. I, I've expected it to be kind of shitty, but I mean, other than kind of like that basic coherency you, you mentioned, the Pixel's done good shit. It's fast. It's 
responsive. I mean, all the apps are there now. Nobody can complain about that. There's no lag. Yeah, well, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Um, some of the smart people that I really respect are all in on Pixel. So yeah. I'm Pixel curious, and I'll <laughs> order one straight after this and compare. But I've been yeah. trying to get independent of the Apple apps, yes. and the last oh, one I'm yeah. left with is Photos. So I've got a massive investment in um, in photos and albums. Interesting. And 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 again, if you go to the Google page and it says, um, you know, so so I've you know I've moved to Spotify. Yeah. I've got all my apps are in the cloud. Um, you know, Evernote. I could go WhatsApp and not have iMessage. Mm-hmm. So and that'd mean changing the family. But other than that, that's pretty cool. So <laughs> I've got everything else off of Pepper Photos. Yeah. The problem with photos is, um, and if you go to the Google site, it says how to how to get how to actually move your Apple photos onto oh, yeah. onto the Google environment. Mm-hmm. Like it's about three lines, but you oh, want to really? know, okay, so um, what, what I think you need to do is you need to move all of your iPhoto files <laughs> locally, yeah. then look for them in the file system. And that might take three days to download oh, them all and how do you know they're all there? <laughs> yeah. um, and then you, you know, I've got, you know, must have, um, you know, gigs and gigs and gigs of photos. So it's yeah. going to take a long time to yeah. download them all locally. And how do you know you've actually got them all? Because oh, you know the, there's that cloud syncing, and then you then you've got to get the Google uploader. Right. Then you've got to take the physical files out of Finder, drag them in the uploader, which takes another three days. And then and then once you're there, then you think then you go okay, well then how does that all work? Do I if I'm on an iPhone, say um, it, it doesn't really make it clear. Do my photos then automatically go to Google Photos? It's just <laughs> not, they don't they haven't they haven't spelled it out. But if they really wanted to do it good. What, what you should be able to do is go to Google Photos and say, log into your iPhoto, and they just pull it server to server, right. and then, you know, do it overnight. Well, that's and you'd what be I great. assumed. But no, this, this push and pull is crazy. I switched to Google Photos at some point, but um, I, didn't do th- I didn't do the album thing. I'm, the, I'm terrible at this shit, so I just have a huge blob of photos, so it was fine. But I heard it's a disaster with the, the album stuff. I mean, I, I love Google Photos for how well it works once you're in, but it's, yeah, I mean... One of the most compelling features of the Pixel is Google Photos. You get unlimited backup without any of this shit yep. iCloud stuff. Uh, but I, I, I've heard this story a hundred times. I don't understand how they don't just have some app that you have to, okay, yeah, you have to leave your phone awake while it's uploading or something, but whatever. You know, it's it doesn't seem that hard. They get so close. This is always the frustrating thing with Google is they get so close to the like the really good shit and you're just asking like, why doesn't this work <laughs> the way it should um, but yeah. they're getting closer to it. I don't know. But at least we got, but at least we got Google Calendar this year. So, oh my you know. god, I still can't believe it. <laughs> I, uh, I really, I really was convinced that they just wouldn't redesign it at this point. I don't know. Uh, yeah. I, I have no idea what yeah. these companies are doing with so much money and time. But hey, um, uh, I, I've been, I've been talking to their senior people for yeah. two and a half years about that, and uh, oh, anyway, it's funny. That, hey, we. we we better go on and get this iPhone X thing or everyone's going to hang up on us. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay. So, so tell me, tell me go for it. Okay, so, so, okay, so, um, so it's not a, so, so it's not a plus. It's mm-hmm. a, it's a, just a normal size iPhone six or seven with a little bit more. Um, haven't worried about the notch. Um, <laughs> haven't even noticed it really. It just, seems to be the consensus. That's just not a big deal. Yep. Um, the, uh, the, the 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 absolute killer feature, and again, this is a completely broken thing. Right. Back in the BlackBerry days, BlackBerry had this thing called bedside mode. So you know you could basically put your phone in bedside mode, which means that the clocks stayed on and all of your notifications were turned off. Oh, man. and it was the ex- exact thing you needed. Like if I'm, I'm traveling all the time, I'm in hotels two or three nights a week. I, I just don't want to work out how a hotel um, you know alarm clock yeah, works. I'm self sufficient. 
So you can, I don't want five minutes trying to work it out and then risk it's not going to go off. So so I so you know besides wherever I'm sleeping, I've got my phone there, and um, the and and the iPhone just does not do bedside mode like the BlackBerry used to. It's never done it. So I've got an app called Rise, and that's my alarm clock app, which allows which keeps the screen on all night, um, and uh, and and it works really well. So the problem is under the old iPhone with an LED screen. Black wasn't black; it threw light. Uh-huh. So, what I, the first thing I noticed last night for the first time, running Rise with the um, with the Rise app as a, as the alarm clock sitting there all night, was the room was dark and oh, I could still wow. read the clock because the because the black OLED screen. Yeah, oh, it makes such a difference. I think the screen is the the biggest thing even worth discussing this year. Is just even you know on my Pixel Switch, I have also got an OLED screen, and you're like, okay, I can't use anything else again because <laughs> you yep. get that, that crazy exactly. black and um i, I what, yep. one thing i was bummed that didn't make the cut in the x was actually um the ambient display thing i mean i'm i'm now like hard google but i love it's kind of like what you're saying about the clock they have this mode by default that when the screen is off it shows the time and like a little icon for the notification and it doesn't drain your battery you know it's like this ambient display mode and yeah that, that kind of stuff is like they put an oled screen in it and they just don't use it for anything why, yeah. why don't you take it? It's like on the Apple Watch actually as well. Like why don't they have ambient, like why is this thing off when your wrist is down? It's bizarre. Um, okay, let me quickly go through the things. So Face ID is awesome and best thing ever. So not having to log in is, <laughs> yeah. is just great. Better than just works, works with sunglasses. Um, oh, yeah, 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 absolutely. The only scenario is I haven't got my uh, Pataka sort of carbon yeah. Um, case that goes around it yet, and, oh, that, and I've right. got the um, and I've got the mag the 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 magnet. In fact, they've even got a mm. wireless charging one oh, which wow. uh, goes in the car. So I haven't got it sitting in the car. The thing yeah. will be because um, I often just hit Touch ID when I'm driving just to see what's going on. Right. Probably a bit bad, but, um, yeah. well, but, yeah. but for changing sunblocks and things like that. So yep. it's going to be interesting to see when it's sort of slightly offset whether yeah, um, like Face ID works in the car. Um, like, do you have to tap it? Yeah. Or that's a weird yeah. scenario. Interesting. I heard the I heard the yeah. biggest annoyance is also like in bed. Like you, it's very difficult to get its attention in weird scenarios where you would wake it up with a button. Basically, is seems yeah. to be the consensus. Hmm. Well, we'll see. Cool. I guess. Anything um, else uh, you hate or love? <laughs> y- yep. Uh, yep. I I don't miss the button. So oh, not really? having a button. And mm. and uh, Chris Johnson, I missed one. He showed me the uh, you can just swipe just yeah. along that bottom bar. As yeah. the app switcher, that's unreal. Oh, so that's yeah. cool. Um, huh. And I like the d- downward diagonal gestures to get to mm. control center, and then the other way uh, get uh-huh. you to notifications. Yeah. So I find it's really good. And, and one of the best things I read was um, what Johnny Ive was saying is now this is just really a sheet of glass, right. and we can completely change the UI because yes. they're not, they, you know, they aren't limited to the hardware button. And that's yeah. really interesting because I think what's happened, you know, Apple has a super secretive culture and you kind of get the feeling that the software guys and the um, hardware uh, team yeah. weren't really working that close together. No. So I'm really excited to see what the next version of the operating yeah. system does. But of course, then the phone will have something better and you have to change the phone anyway. Yeah, but, I mean, um, but in theory, yeah. Yeah. But in theory <laughs> um, uh, I reckon the next version of software should bring the, the phone really to life. But it's still nuts. Yeah. I don't have proper widgets and notifications. Yeah. and You have to still go in and out of know. apps like this. That's the thing that really drives yeah. me insane is you're going, dipping in and out of like these really shoeboxed experiences. 
Um, but yeah. that's, that's the most interesting part, I think. When I saw that thing from Johnny Ive, um, I love the comment about like refreshing the whole device based on UI because before it was you were always limited by the context that the phone was in. I think Tesla is doing something similar, <laughs> which is a whole different topic. Yeah. But uh, they're doing something yeah, similar yeah, yeah. with the Model 3 where... You know, I think Elon Musk alluded to this as well. Is like we only put a screen in it because we can service the screen remotely. We can't service this like you know your physical dashboard remotely. If we want to put a new UI in, we just can. We just ship it. And I think yeah. I think that's an interesting point um, because it does seem like iOS 11 is super rushed for this thing. Like they crammed Face yeah. ID in really nicely, and everything else was just ignored. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, and I think I think going forward, you'll probably see. I don't know. I really hope next year is the year they reboot the home screen. You know, I think they really need to rethink that model of like dipping in and out of apps, even if it's not like the icon thing. There needs to be a way to surface information other than just giving me 80,000 red dots. Yeah, absolutely. And being able to act on those. I really like what Google now is doing this idea of, you know, a card style interface where they can render actions and act on them straight away. And of course, that's going to really benefit with machine learning. That gets to the really big picture. I think Apple's kind of suffering in that they went down this privacy route and, right. and obviously they're, they're kind of walking that back and having this compromise of machine learning, which is kind of walled garden where um, Google has so much more information. It's able, and because people um, have decided to vote for convenience rather than ultimate privacy in the Google environment, just the insights and how smart it is. I mean, it's almost oh, it's hilarious when you, when, when, you, when you jump into your iPhone and Apple Maps tries to guess where you're going. Oh, I mean, that, that, it's usually so wrong. Yeah. Whereas the Google stuff has so many more sources of data, has your calendar and all of those good things. Yeah. That's been the delightful thing, I think, with um, Google Home so far. The fact that it like, just plugs into your calendar, plugs into basically everything you use and it, i mean it, yeah it's mildly creepy but it's also super impressive because i'll be i'll pull out my android phone when i'm leaving the house and it's like oh well uh i see you're on your way to your calendar appointment uh like if you you, could, you better get going because you're running late or like, you better go a different uh route or catch a different train or something like that and that's where i think google is just nailing that i mean one thing i was surprised by on the pixel that's mildly creepy but impressive is on the they have this ambient display thing other day I was listening to music on a Sonos and on the bottom of the screen, a line of text came up and I was like, Oh, what's that? And I looked at it and said, uh, the name of the song that was playing in the background. And I was like, what? <laughs> and, uh, they, they yeah. actually do machine learning on device based on pattern matching that's downloaded every weekend to your phone, uh, for the top, I don't know, 10,000 songs or something. And they just recognize it silently. It's just crazy. I think that that will be a yeah. big focus going forward is how do they like face ID works, but, how far can they get with this face learning on device? I, I, I'm not convinced it's going to work out long-term. If you look at Google's innovations on the cameras on Pixel 2, they have one camera on the back that can basically do the same if depth effects as the iPhone with two, you know? And so yeah. how does, I don't know. I don't think Apple has enough data here. Yeah, but that's what was so interesting with the Google Photos launch a few years ago. It was like when it was all going well, hey, this is great, it's all flexible. And it's like, oh, now we can see uh, this person when they yeah. were a baby. Oh and, my God. <laughs> um, and now it's a real person. So it's suddenly, oh, okay. So you have a database of not just my photos and everyone I'm, I'm in, but around the whole, the whole world, you know, any photo that I'm in, you know, who I was with, where I was at um, on, on any day. And it's not, and it's not just my photos. It's anyone that's taken a photo of me. You can recognize that. I was like, holy cow, oh, this man. is the best surveillance they, database ever. They just released a new feature for that. Um, now yeah. you can share 
uh, auto albums based on the face in them. So uh, a good example is like Femke, uh, my girlfriend, I share an album. I was just, I had Google photos open because we were talking about it and I, have a, I had a notification that said, oh, just a reminder, you're sharing an album with Femke. And the way it works is it says like, oh, is this her face? And you say yes. And then it will offer to f- share any photo of her automatically with her. It's crazy. I mean, it's great because you get so much photos locked up on your phone. I think like the creepy factor goes away when you see how useful it is. I mean, there's so much shit locked up on people's phones. I remember that Facebook moments app tried to solve this, but it was nobody wants to give Facebook uh, unfettered access to their photos. Um, The other one that Google just did was pets. (laughs) Oh, that's scary. Now you can do cats and dogs. It's bizarre. (laughs) It'd be an interesting question to know if they do any post-processing. So you imagine that the face detection is um right. you know it just gets better and better and better do they go back and do post-processing of all those photos their photos that they that they have already on file you know because yeah. they could that'd be easy yeah i mean i assume they do um i imagine there's a lot that's going on behind the scenes that they're not surfacing right now as well you know it's probably there's yeah. a lot of like weird stuff but we'll get into this whole thing i don't know if you saw that whole uh meme about Apple Photos apparently like searches for people's nudes in their like library. It's crazy, you know. Like oh. machine learning is very convenient until you realize it's also categorizing everything else. Um, it's because, uh-huh. um, well, you know, Apple was famous for uh, like scrubbing anything not safe for work from the App Store and all that kind of thing. Um, but they had yep. left like brasserie in the machine learning library, and so you could search for bras, and basically it was just this insane accident. Um, and like machine learning is really cool and like, Oh, I can search for pets. And then you realize, Oh God, (laughs) um, it's also (laughs) figuring out everything else. So it's an interesting like challenge to grapple with. Okay. Well, I'm curious to see, like, maybe we should have you on in six months and see if you've gone a pixel by then. (laughs) Yeah, no, I think I'm going to go and buy one now and just sort of see, but I've just got to work out how to deal with this photos thing. Pixel XL. Yeah, it's cool. that, that's the one that uh, everybody moaned about the screen about um, in the media, but it's fine. I've had it a week now and I haven't noticed any particular issues. So big fan. Um, one, last, one last thing I want to talk about since I've got another Kiwi on here for once. Shitty NZ internet. <laughs> How is it down there these days? Completely changed. So we, really? we had... Um, we had a, a sort of fiber rollout program. And, and and I guess this is the benefit of being from a small country, right? So I think it's like now uh, 70 or 80% of households have fiber Whoa, coming really? past the gate. And, wow. um, you yeah, know, um, I got 100 meg fiber five years ago, and now I can get a gig just as standard. And it's super interesting because I've, I've been traveling a bit lately and um, went to the UK and been in Australia recently as well and staying in a staying at a airbnb near regent square they just had a dsl connection i forgot wow. how bad that was yeah um and then because they haven't really rolled out fiber everywhere what's happening is people are putting 4g hotspots in their houses oh, wow. which which is okay but i think what that's doing is it is it takes away the size of the problem so there's a yeah. massive difference between a 4G hotspot and real fiber. Latency. And if people are sort of partially satisfied with 4G, I don't think they'll demand fiber, which is a completely a transformational experience. Yeah. So it's kind of interesting, like small little countries, which used to be kind of off the grid and you couldn't really work from, you know, now, now you know, if you're building these global businesses, you can have better internet 
in a in these small countries with no compromise of lifestyle. You can buy anything online. You have yeah. Netflix, you have Uber. Yeah. Oh my and, god. Um, <laughs> have that have that full digital lifestyle. And in fact, that's we've just got. Um, huh. Yeah. In fact, we just got um, Uber Eats in Wellington. Oh shit! Transformational. It's changed my life. That's the that's the crux of it. Is even in Europe, the countries that have the best internet, uh, you know, Norway. Sweden, all of those places that have really doubled down on the investment. And if you look at, I'm in the Netherlands and like uh, connections here are basically if you have coax, so Amsterdam is really well wired for cable internet. And so you, they're doing crazy things with cable internet because they don't want to lay fiber. It's too expensive. So they're like innovating in the most insane ways to get like, I'm on a coax connection. And I get 500 down and they just emailed me a couple of weeks ago to say, I'm going to get a gig down on coax. I didn't even know it was possible. Um, wow. but it's problematic because it's not as good. It's like what you said about the 4G thing as well. It's still not as good. You don't get the latency. It's not the full, because um, I'll get a gig down, but it might be 10 meg up, you know? Um, it's not the synchronous thing. And so, I mean, for me, one thing I even considered is moving back to New Zealand and working remote from there because it's actually feasible to do that now. Whereas before yeah. you wouldn't, you know, you might not be able to before, but I could go to Queenstown and work from a farm or something and I'd probably have a gig internet. Yeah, yeah. We've just um, put this put put this um, uh, this new building together, five story building down in Wellington. We've consolidated uh, seven hundred of our zeros into one oh, place, nice. and just trying to think, we must have maybe 40, 50 meeting rooms, maybe yeah. more actually, maybe it's more than wow. ten floor, maybe sixty meeting rooms, and each of them have um, you know like a Chrome, uh, like a Chrome box and um, you know thousand dollar or less. Yeah. It, uh, screen yeah so now you know a thousand dollar endpoint and uh, you know it's all on google right. and you just walk into any room click the button and you're video conferencing anyone in the world it's just unreal like you know that used to be used to be twenty to twenty thousand dollars per endpoint for video conferencing yeah and now it's like a thousand bucks so you just put it everywhere and with that connectivity that's the thing is if you can get the connectivity and you can get those cheap devices it's a game changer i think like yeah. For a very long, it's so funny. I mean, I've only been away from New Zealand for like two years, and it sounds like everybody I know has fiber already. So I'm like, okay, should I come back now? Uh, well, just come back. <laughs> I mean, but that's the thing is that having that fast internet is transformational, right? Like, I we have 500, and even that's great. I mean, you go on Netflix, and boom, you've got 4K streaming, and there's no buffering. Like, you don't wait for anything. And I think, like, people ask me why I pay for that because you know most people here actually do default to DSL because it's cheap. And that bums me out a little bit. Like there's no competition in that space at all because everybody's just kind of gotten lazy and whatever. Um, but I don't know. It's, it's an interesting point, like being able to build a business on on the back of fast internet like that. Um, so we'll see what happens down, uh, down under. Hey? <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on, Rod. It was a pleasure to have you. It's been my life's ambition to be on your show, oh so my thank God. you. Well, we're going to have to make you a regular, like every time there's an Apple event, maybe we'll bring you on as our uh, consultant. <laughs> Fantastic. Awesome. Appreciate Good it. Good to man. have uh, the full career. Yeah. Thanks, Alan. Cheers.